Hi, I'm Howard Tierski. Welcome to the Winning Digital Customers podcast, where we focus on the stories of large-scale digital transformations told by the people who lead them. Hi, I'm Howard Tierski. Welcome again to the Winning Digital Customers show. Today, we are talking about an interesting topic. Does it really matter if you provide your customer a personal experience in today's digital age? You know, some people believe that uh, digital has robbed us of that old time personal experience, you know, like on Cheers where you, everybody knows your name, you know, where you walk into the hardware store and the guy who owns it knows you and he knows your kids and he knows what brand of appliance you have. So when you tell him you need a filter for your washing machine, he just goes and grabs it off the shelf for you because he knows everything about you and you know you can count on him because, well, you have a personal connection to him. And that's about as far as it would seem like you can get from a digital world in which you go on Google and you search for your part number and you order it from some anonymous e-commerce site that just takes your credit card and hopefully you get something by FedEx a few days later. So an important question is, does this matter? Is this important? And that is what we're gonna talk about today. So I'm gonna pull up a slide here too. Oops, that's not the slide I wanna start on. So sorry, one second. Let me go back where we start. Let's start, ah, let's start here. Are personal connections still important? So, you know, one of the downsides, one could argue of digital is, as I said a moment ago, it provides a less personal experience. But, you know, one of the upsides of digital could be perceived as providing a less personal experience. What do I mean by that? Well, we do a lot of research. One of the things my company does constantly is work with different brands to help research and understand what customers want today. So that gives us a real good finger on the pulse of where customers are across different segments, different demographics, different psychographics, different industries, different types of things they're buying. So here's a few things that we've learned in summary about this topic. The first is, you know, sometimes your customers just don't want to talk to you. If you provide them for many, many types of interactions, a one-click self-service way of doing something, they are far happier than if they have to call you and wait on hold for 15 minutes and then explain their situation to somebody or if they have to drive to a location. So there are many situations in which customer satisfaction is much, much higher if they don't have to speak to you. And there are other times when customers really want to talk to you. And we're going to talk in a minute about a little model for what some of those key times are. But there are often things like when there's a problem that they can't resolve through self-service channels, when something's just really, really, really important. You know, if I'm going on an e-commerce site and I'm ordering a vase, I'm probably fine doing it that way. But if I'm going on an e-commerce site and I'm ordering 12 vases for my wedding, which is tomorrow, and I'm ordering them overnight delivery, I might want to talk to someone to make absolutely certain that those centerpieces are going to be here in time for my wedding. So when something's really, really important, that's a situation where sometimes we want to speak to somebody. And we see another a number of other categories. When something is extremely personal or there's a feeling that there just needs to be a higher level of trust than they may be getting through a digital experience, those are some of the times when uh, customers want to speak to somebody. When you're getting your you know, medical diagnosis, you generally don't want to get it from a chatbot. So there definitely are times when customers want to speak to you as well. 
And but you know, just providing them a person to talk to does not automatically scratch that itch of the personal attention that a customer is looking for for a variety of reasons. One can be, you know, have you ever had a situation where like, you, I don't know, the classic cliche example would be the DMV, right? You go up and you're talking to a person. There's a person at the window, but somehow you feel that there's like no humanity to this person. Like they're almost a robot. They are almost like a programmed experience where they say, you know, next, all right, these are your papers. You don't have the right thing. They hand it back to you and you try to explain and there's just no interest. It's almost like you're dealing with a person that's operating with a digital style uh, a mode of interacting and with very little humanity. So it requires the right kind of customer care, training, uh, rewards and incentives, and frankly, the right kind of hiring to make sure that if you are trying to provide that in-person personal experience that you're actually actually delivering it. So we shouldn't assume that just because a human being is speaking to you, you're necessarily delivering that kind of personal experience. And as I'm gonna talk about in a moment, there are definitely times when we can kind of scratch that itch where someone thinks they want personal service and we can deliver something that maybe feels like personal service without necessarily providing them a one-on-one -on -one interaction with a person. And of course, many pure play companies succeed in having very high levels of customer satisfaction despite providing very, very little to no actual person-to-person -person interaction, Amazon, Google, Facebook, eBay, and there are many others. It is possible to speak to somebody or interact by chat or email with people from these companies, but it's fairly infrequent. They've created a customer journey that is largely a digital, almost exclusively a digital experience, except for some very, very extreme edge cases. And of course, there are many business-to-consumer uh, business product brands because they sell through some form of retailers or other means that, that really also provide very little personal experience. Very few people talk to Nike, talk to Procter & Gamble, talk to Kellogg's. So it's certainly not only true for pure plays, but we have many examples of companies that really don't provide a lot of personal experience and yet have a perfectly good level of customer satisfaction. So of course it does also vary by industry. So one of the things that I think is very interesting as we think about digital transformation is to ask this question, how far can we go? Now, why do we wanna ask that question, how far can we go? Well, there's a lot of advantages to interacting digitally with our customers. First of all, it's very often cheaper. Many of the clients that we get brought into to look at matters of uh, customer journeys and customer experience, one of the questions they're always thinking about is, how can I have fewer, calls, um, fewer customers call the call center and move those interactions to an app or to a, to a, uh, uh, you know, a, mobile, uh, a web, mobile web or website experience or how can I you know, scale my business uh, so that I don't have to put locations, physical locations in so many cities or so many countries around the world and build an e-commerce business so I can reach locations without having the cost of having to build physical infrastructure there. So there are many reasons why interacting with customers on digital channels, although certainly not without cost, if you're doing it at scale, can be much, much cheaper. It's also more scalable, meaning if all of a sudden I have a digital offering and it becomes really successful overnight and I want to do 5x, 10x, 20x the business because I have demand, you know, it's going to be probably difficult to open up 20 times more stores in a couple months or hire 20 times more people. But if I have a digital experience, it may be as simple as firing up more AWS, you know, Amazon Web Services server instances. And, um, and that's very valuable. And, you know, I mean, uh, uh, an extreme example would be something like Zoom, right? Where because Zoom has very little to no 
connection, personal one-on-one -on -one interactions with their customers, when coronavirus hit and there was so much more demand for Zoom, they could really just let more people sign up online, provide more access to Zoom. And not to suggest that that wasn't a major accomplishment, the level of scaling that they achieved was magnificent, but that is inherent strength of digital. The ability to, with the right architecture, with the right team, be able to take uh, a business and scale it up 10X, 100X if needed, without nearly the level of effort and time it would take to scale analog capabilities. It's also easier to localize. If you wanna move into new, new countries or, or new areas, I, I kind of touched on this earlier in terms of it being cheaper as well. It's just much, much easier. Uh, and if you want to operate in other languages, there are translation engines and things like that. So you don't necessarily have to have people who speak every single language. You can be more consistent. Of course, one of the challenges, one of the dangers of human beings is that they don't always follow the rules. They don't always follow instructions. Now that can be great when you are trying to provide a level of customer experience, which is tailored to the, to the individual. But on the other hand, it can be bad if all of a sudden you have liability or uh, customer dissatisfaction because a human being told them the wrong thing. They told them the wrong thing about the product. They told them the wrong thing about the warranty or the shipping time or whatever that may be. And as a result, uh, uh, you know, one of the advantages of digital is if you create a good digital experience, you should be able to provide that same experience to every single customer. It's also usually faster for the customer to interact digitally. First of all, many types of interactions that people have with humans, whether it's in a call center or even chat and, or in a store, you have to wait, right? You have to wait for that person to be available. I go to Home Depot when I wanna to speak to the guy about the plumbing thing I'm trying to do, but he's with another customer. So I'm standing around and obviously the longer you make customers wait, especially in today's you know, uh, uh, culture where we have very, very high expectation for being uh, immediate satisfaction of whatever we need, um, that is potentially negative from a customer experience perspective. Furthermore, a digital experience can very often access information more quickly. You know, I'm sure you've had this experience of you get on the phone with someone in the call center, and first of all, they have to ask you a whole bunch of questions. So they're asking your name and what's your problem and what's the situation and whatever, and then they say, okay, hold on for a minute. And then they have, you hear all that clacking, you know, and what are they doing? They're looking it all up, they're trying to figure it all out, and they may take several minutes to come back to you. So that whole interaction is potentially five, 10 minutes, could be longer, depending, they have to go talk to a supervisor or whatever, versus, uh, Ideally, you go into a digital experience, you have a challenge, you have a problem, you can very quickly click the right button. It can instantaneously figure out what you need because obviously computers can think and look up information much, much faster than humans can. So these are all some reasons to be asking the question, hey, how much do we really need a personal human connection in our business? Is there a way to make it work more digitally? But at the same time, I think we should say, is there a point when it, we've gone too far? Is there a point where we've taken, I don't know, the humanity out of our business? Is there a point where we try to become so digital in our interactions with our customers, it becomes a negative from a business, from a business perspective? And uh, of course, that's going to be different based on the industry you're in, based on perhaps the kind of um, level of uh, quality or, or kind of how high end your offering is. Because of course, uh, at, the, at a higher end of luxury type experiences, on the one hand, customers very often expect more, the availability of more personal interaction. But frankly, on the other hand, they also expect typically a highly efficient, uh, in, you know, modern experience, which may mean in many cases that your high-end customer, going back to my prior slide, still doesn't want to talk to you. And they would still much rather do something quickly uh, via their app rather than having to get on the phone and speak to even the most you know, uh, um, well-trained and polite and helpful uh, customer service representative. Again, it's probably gonna depend on what it is that they need, what the situation is. 
So I wanted to share this model with you and try to answer this question, how to figure out how far you can go. We did an analysis and we looked at, partly through customer research, what really when we say a personal experience, when someone says, gosh, you know, I'd really like to talk to a human being. What is it that they're really looking for? We always like to ask the question, why is the customer asking for this solution? Because if we can understand their underlying needs, then maybe the solution they're asking for, you know, sometimes a customer says, you know, I want, uh, you know, I want, uh, I don't know, I want, you know, uh, uh, ingredients automatically delivered to my house. Well, what is it that they really want? Is it that they really just want a home cooked meal? Because maybe I can deliver that to them in another way. Or is it that they really want an experience? Bottom line is, when, we, when customers tell us what we want, what they want, we always try to reverse engineer that a little and try to understand what's their underlying problem. If a customer in a, in a stadium, in a sports stadium, tells us they want a heated seat, uh, that might be very challenging to produce in a stadium with 20,000 seats, how to put heating coils in all the seats. But what, what do they really want? Well, they want to be warmer during the game, right? So maybe there's another solution. Their, their request is really not for heated seats. It's really to be warmer. So... We try to take the question when a customer says, I want to speak to a person. I want a one-to-one -one interaction with a human. Don't give me all this digital stuff. It tends to be one or more of just five things. There's five things they're looking for. And let me walk them through, walk through what they are. And then I want to kind of consider the question, is a good digital experience better at providing this or is a human better at providing this? But let's just first walk through these five areas. You can see them listed here. So the first is knowledge. You want someone who knows something. You have a question. You know, you have a question about a product or you have a question about your bill. Uh, someone who just has the basic knowledge and information that you don't have because that's what you're looking for. So that's the first thing. I want to speak to a person because I have a question, because I need somebody who's knowledgeable or I'm looking for advice. Those would all be examples of you're looking for somebody who's knowledgeable. The second thing that people are looking for is memory, right? That's where you say, I want to speak to this person I spoke to last time. You know, where's Sally? I was in the bank yesterday and I spoke to her. She understands the whole situation. I want to speak to her. Or you call a call center and you're like, I'm booking a cruise. Get me back to the person I spoke to last time because they took down all my information and they know the ages of all my kids and all that information. I want to continue a conversation where I left off. Or you want to speak to, you know, I, I, I we call up someone to fix the heat in our home because he knows not just about heating in general, but he knows the layout of our house. He knows how the heating system works in our house. So if we're having a problem, his knowledge of that enables him to very quickly, for example, get on the phone with me and say, well, have you checked this valve? Well, have you checked this switch? Because he has that memory. He doesn't just have general knowledge. He has knowledge about me, my, my situation, et cetera. So that's the second reason sometimes we want to talk to a person. The third reason is flexibility or intelligence, right? So sometimes, you know, you get on a website and it's like, you know, do you want this delivered on Wednesday or Thursday? And you're like, well, I kind of need to deliver it on Tuesday. And that's not one of the choices. Or you need a you need an exception to a rule. The digital experience is, is sending you down a, a pre-programmed path, but you need something different. Or you need some other kind of intelligence. You know, you're trying to return something. You go on Amazon and you're trying to return something and you can't return it because, you know, it's past 30 days. It's 32 days. But there's like a really good reason. And you need someone you can explain that to. You don't just want to be dealing with a computer. You want someone who's going to be intelligent and say, you know, this person spends $50,000 a year on Amazon. They're trying to return something that costs $10. Yes, they're two days past the return period, but, uh, you know, I can offer them some flexibility in that situation. Um, so that's a third. The fourth is trust. It's kind of like my example with the wedding centerpiece vases that I gave earlier. 
I just, I just feel like, you know, this is so important. You know, I'm, I'm stranded by the side of the road in my car and I've called a tow truck via an app and it says they're coming, but gosh, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. It's dark. I'm scared. I kind of want to speak to a human being who's going to say, yes, Howard, don't worry. My name is, my name is Joe. I run the tow truck company and we have a tow truck on its way right now. So I'm not only counting on an app to tell me something. Or I'm order I'm do I'm, I'm requesting something you know I'm 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 ordering life I'm getting my life insurance and I just want to look someone in the eye who's going to tell me don't worry Howard you know this is going to be okay uh, this is going to, this is the right decision so I'm looking for that kind of trust um, and the last is humanity humanity really means personality you know humanity really means like the feeling that you know I just don't want to deal with uh, an automated system I kind of like going to the to the bank teller. And, and knowing her flow, you know, she's got the pictures of her kids right there next to her. I like going to the bakery and saying, hey, how's your kid doing at, you know, the University of Michigan or whatever. You know, I like feeling like I'm interacting with people throughout my day who are other human beings. I like that feeling of, of a shopkeeper who has uh, kind of a funny joke for me whenever I show up, a sense of personality, a sense that I'm interacting with other human beings and not just with some sort of computer system. And so, uh, and, you know, sometimes we hear, uh, sometimes jokingly, uh, people say that, you know, people who are retired and have a lot of time on their hands, they prefer to call a call center and order something because they just want someone to talk to. You know, that would be another example of somebody who's less driven by the efficiency of a digital experience and more yearning for some sense of humanity and human connection. So I want to encourage you to think about this model, because when you're asking yourself the question, how much of my more expensive, less efficient less time efficient for the customer, human connection, human contact experience that's in my customer journey, can I replace digitally? You wanna realize that these are some of the reasons that when people are offered, these are, I would argue, the main reasons, when people are offered a digital experience, they go, yeah, I kinda wanna talk to a person. You know, you're in that IVR and you're like hitting zero because you're like, no, 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 I wanna speak to a live human being. So let's wrap up by just kind of looking at the question of, well, you know, what is what is better at these different things? Who's better in each of these five categories, a, a digital experience or a human? Now, let me caveat this by saying a really, really good human is probably going to be better than an awful digital experience at everything. And you might find that a great digital experience could be better than an awful human at everything, too. I mean, even the Amazon website has more humanity than the person working at the DMV, right? Sorry, to, I'm sure that's not true of every person who works at a DMV, so I apologize if you work at a DMV and you're a lovely, warm person to every everybody who comes up to your window. But as I mentioned earlier, it's always possible, uh, you know, that it always depends. But I wanna just kind of, if we were to level the playing field and we were to say a, a good quality, a high quality digital experience, not one that's so futuristic, but based on what we would consider, you know, a top 20% top quality digital experience today, compared to maybe not a, you know, $40 an hour, $50 an hour, super highly trained manager interacting with every one of your customers, because it's probably not realistic, but compared to a reasonably well-trained human, how would we kind of compare those side by side? So let's start with knowledge, right? Well, of course we can train a, a sales representative or a customer service representative with knowledge. And so you can have a pretty knowledgeable person, but most of the time, that person's knowledge is not going to be complete. And if nothing else, they're going to need to access reference materials. They're going to need to go to a digital experience to answer many, many customer questions. And so a good quality digital experience 
a, a tool that allows a customer to search, uh, that has product pages that have you know, great information. If you go someplace like Amazon where there's Q and A's, I would suggest to you that if you go to Best Buy and speak to someone there about uh, you know, a given consumer electronics product, they do not know as much as is available on the product page for that product on amazon.com or possibly even on bestbuy.com. But certainly on Amazon, where there's things like lots of reviews, lots of Q and A. So I think that good quality digital experiences today can beat a human experience most of the time around knowledge. Again, of course, there are gonna be exceptions. So secondly, memory. Well, while it is true that there are situations where you go into a store or a restaurant or a bank and the teller or the salesperson recognizes you, it doesn't happen that often in my day-to-day -day life. Whereas most digital experiences, Netflix, or again, Amazon, eBay, they know what I've been browsing. They know what I've been buying. They know the size, they know what car I drive. So if I'm looking for a part for the car, they can tell me if I go to Amazon and I look at a part for a car, there's a banner at the top that tells me if it's compatible with any of the, the three cars that my family has. Because at some point I've told them what your model Subaru my wife drives and they can tell me whether this, this, uh, you know, this, this uh, tire or whatever it is, is, is appropriate for that vehicle. So most of the time, a good quality digital experience is going to be better than that of a human. In fact, the best way you're going to have a human be able to have most effective memory is again by providing this the the your employee your 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 associate a digital tool but it's very awkward for them to access all the information when a when a call comes in and a, a screen pops up you know they don't really have the time to quickly read and digest all the information all the things you've ever bought from that company most likely so in most cases you're going to get better memory from a well designed digital experience now let's go to flexibility and smarts I think that's an area where very, very often you're going to have, you're going to, a, a properly empowered employee is, while they may not have more knowledge packed in their brain, they're probably going to be more intelligent, again, depending on the employee, than you're going to be able to program into your e-commerce website about dealing with a more unique or unusual situation or being asked for advice around something where there's some kind of complexity, multiple factors, multiple variables. So I think, think in that area right now, uh, that makes sense to be thinking about. Uh, and by the way, you know, when we ask how far should you go, part of what you want to figure out is, well, how do I provide as digital of an experience as possible with escalation points to a human when, when the digital experience is no longer able to provide fully satisfactory uh, customer experience? So you may very well say, great, you know, I can provide a tremendous amount of capability, but I need some way to escalate to a human being when that person needs additional flexibility and smarts. But I would just highlight that artificial intelligence, machine learning is enabling us to program systems that get smarter and smarter every year. And while I wouldn't suggest to you that this is the year to try to build a system that has more pure intelligence, not just knowledge, but real intelligence than a person, than a well-trained seasoned employee, uh, we're getting there, we're getting there. And I've actually been seeing now systems, for example, for uh, property and casualty insurance agents or at least customer service representatives that listen in on the call using uh, speech to text and then make recommendations for what that, how that uh, uh, person on the phone, customer service representative should answer or upsell or cross sell or, you know, or, or, or qualify out the person that they're talking to simply by analyzing what they're saying and using artificial intelligence. So it's not perfect yet. It's probably not really ready for prime time for most, you know, commercial applications. Two years from now, five years from now, I think it's quite possible that that kind of 
uh, intelligence will be there. And by the way, you can also build flexibility into your applications by you know, including a way for you to click other and type something in or basically essentially make a digital request, which is at some point going to get routed to a human for some kind of follow-up. So you can create a hybrid experience where while uh, you know, a portion of it is being dealt with by a human, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to move the entire experience over to, you know, away from uh, the benefits and the convenience and lowered cost of being digital. Um, okay, uh, number four is trust. So I think a, you know, well-trained human being who can look you in the eye or speak to you and say, don't worry, ma'am, I've got your order. I'm making sure it's in the queue. I am going to make sure it goes out today for your wedding tomorrow. Don't worry. I'm on it. Somebody who's really able to give you that level of kind of gravitas in their communication probably beats a digital experience most of the time. However, I'm also going to put a check for trust under a really great digital experience. Because, for example, when we ask customers when they place an order, and I apologize that I keep going back again and again to Amazon, but they're just such an excellent example for so much of this. What is their level of trust when Amazon says they're going to get their product two days later? And some of this research was pre-COVID. Obviously, COVID kind of messed with that. But frankly, it messed with it whether you're placing the order through human or you're placing the order digitally. Um, the level of trust and belief that Amazon is going to send you the right product as promised on time is very, very high. So when you have a well-known brand or a brand that that customer has interacted with repeatedly, then the brand itself builds a level of trust. And then it's a little less necessary to have that human being provide that level of trust and confidence. But if, for example, you're ordering from a, if I was going to order something expensive from a website that I'd never used before, where I don't have that level of trust, that might be the kind of situation where I say, you know what, before I order this $5,000 generator from this, you know, onlinegenerators.com or .biz site, I'm going to call them up and just talk to a person before I just put my credit card number in on a website that's completely kind of impersonal and anonymous. So I think that I'll give the, the check to the person, but under the right circumstances, I think I would also give the check to the, uh, to the digital experience, to the robot. <laughs> um, and then lastly, humanity. Well, there's no question that today a, a human being is going to be able to give you a level of humanity that you're not going to be able to get from uh, a digital experience. However, uh, two things about humanity. The first is, it's not necessarily that important in every situation, or I would argue even in many situations. You know, yes, you meet people who say, well, you know, I would never want to do this digitally because I really like going and interacting with people in the store or at the bank or whatever else. But then what you discover is when you give them an experience that's really way more convenient, uh, they kind of go, yeah, it's true. I don't get that kind of personal experience, but eh, I have my friends, I have my family. Like the reality is most people don't look to the people they interact with when shopping or banking or insurance interactions as their primary social interaction in life, right? <laughs> and so they have ways of getting humanity other places. And so while customers do tell us that humanity is valuable to them, it may not be as valuable in many situations as some of these others if you're doing a great job in meeting your customer needs in other areas. And I would further add that feeling of not wanting to do business with kind of an impersonal entity. You know, I don't want to do business with Acme Corp. Well, one of the ways to humanize that more is through the brand or through the spokesperson. You know, when people buy from Tesla, they're willing to do more of a digital interaction, but that brand is filled with, with personality and humanity. 
the the quirks and the, the the personality of Elon Musk as its founder is so strong. Or of course, if you deal with a brand like a Virgin Atlantic with a Richard Branson, or this is one of the reasons why other brands have a spokesperson like the farmer's guy who says, you know, we we what is it he says? Uh, we we've we know a lot because we've done a lot or something like that. You know, point being, uh, there are other ways to humanize a corporation, to humanize an interaction, other than providing person to person, you know, I know Frida, she's the person at the grocery store that I go to all the time. So a worthwhile component of a personal experience. But if you're getting everything else from your, if you're delivering everything else to your customer, especially if you have a brand or a spokesperson that provides some sense of humanity, you may find that that's enough to scratch that itch. And, you know, again, depending on your industry, if you're able to develop a digital experience where the information the customer needs is answered, where you remember them and they come back and they feel like there's some sort of uh, recognition or even recommendations based on what they've done in the past, where you have some way to provide flexibility and intelligence, either through you know, artificial intelligence or through some escalation to a human who can deal with those edge cases, and you provide trust either through repeat experience or through people who give you that trustworthy sense. And by the way, again, not all not all people will do that, right? You can speak to someone on the phone and say, I don't really think I trusted that person. They didn't seem to care. So you don't automatically get that trust check mark just because it's a human. As I mentioned earlier, you, you can have a human interaction and not have it be good. But as we were saying for this exercise, we're assuming a pretty high quality employee. And then when it comes to humanity, um, again, you know, you can probably provide that through a well-trained employee, but there are ways to substitute it. And uh, frankly, uh, it may be the least important. So in summary, I would say, uh, if as long as you have a way of escalating flexibility needs and you have put some energy into your brand, you may find that even things which you would think require personal interaction can be largely handled through digital. Again, there's always going to be exceptions. It's always going to depend on your industry. But anyway, so what I would encourage you to do is think about your own business. Consider the question, where are human beings interacting with the customer? And by the way, I've got nothing against human beings. I happen to be a human being myself. But nevertheless, in the process of digital transformation, for all the reasons we talked about earlier, one of the goals is very often to say, what can we make more efficient? What can we make more personalized? What can we make more intelligent? And very often, that does mean a digital experience is going to be superior. So let's accept that. Hopefully, we have other things for these valuable people to do. We don't send them to the unemployment line, but there's other ways that we can be continuing to build an even better customer experience without them necessarily having to be on the phone and taking an order or doing things that we can push to our digital tools. So that's our topic for today, uh, talking about the topic of the personal experience and whether it's truly necessary today in the digital world. Hopefully that's given you a framework to think about and apply to your own business. Thanks for listening and watching. Always appreciate that you're here. Please keep those questions and comments coming in. Uh, we haven't done it in a while, but we will probably in some upcoming uh, live casts do some where we're answering some of the questions that you guys have sent in. So we haven't we haven't stopped doing that. We've just had a lot of other things to cover. And with that, I, I will end today. Thanks for watching, and I will see you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Winning Digital Customers, the podcast. Find more great episodes at wdcpodcast.captivate.fm, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you listen. And visit winningdigitalcustomers.com to learn more about the Wall Street Journal bestselling book that inspired the podcast.